0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Lisa Morrell, founder of Equine Alchemy, and I am happy that you are here with us in the Transforming and Thriving Through Horse Wisdom Global Summit. And today, we are all very fortunate to be here with Eve Lee. Hi, Eve. Eve is a very dear friend of mine. I've been with her, known her since I actually started at a, started studying with Linda Kohanov at Epona probably in 2006. So we've been through a few things together. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Eve, and that will help you to kind of get an idea about what we're going to be talking about. So Eve is a healer and innovator, assisting transitions that maintain or restore health, harmony, and balance in times that demand change. With the horse ancestors as her guides, She leads retreats, drumming circles, and individual healing and divination sessions, integrating the sacred teaching of the Toltec path to freedom. She's a certified shamanic instructor, Reiki master. You studied with Sandra Sandra Ingerman, is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what else? Did I leave anything out? I mean, it seems like a- Michael Harner. (gasps) Yes, I knew, I didn't have that written down. Yeah. So you, when you first started doing this work, had you already been doing the work with horses as we know it, the Epona approach, basically?
1: Uh, no, I did shamanism first. I began studying with Michael in 1993 and didn't come to the horse work until 2001. I see.
0: Oh, beautiful. Well, so, how did they intersect for you? How did they connect the shamanism
1: and the horse work? Well, it was pretty amazing. I was uh, very committed to teaching and practicing shamanism when I uh, attended an advanced course in Northern California involving um, what they call living treasures or shaman from the indigenous people. And I happened to walk into a bookstore in Sebastopol, California, and saw this book, The Tao of Equus. I picked it up, bought it, took it home, but didn't read it for a number of months until my son-in-law, who is actually engaged with uh, the same kind of music, music that Steve Roach is, started talking about Linda's work. And I was fascinated by what I read. So I signed up for a course just to find out what it was all about. In the fall, I think of 2001. Excuse me, Kathleen Ingram.
0: Just wait, wait, wait. Just for people who don't know, Steve Roach is uh, Linda Kohana's husband and he's a Grammy award-winning ambient music. Right,
1: Grammy-nominated. Grammy-nominated, thank you. Right. And um, uh, when I completed the second, that that course in October, there was an opportunity to join the third apprenticeship of Linda Kohanov, And I thought, well, I don't need to do this. I'm already on a path. I'm going to do shamanic work. There's no room for me doing anything else. Hmm. By the way, in 1993, what led me to shamanism, was my mare, Sunshine, who won the World Championship Appaloosa Horse Show, not once, but twice. And Mm -hmm. when she was winning it, doing Western riding, she showed me the gap between the worlds and introduced me to shamanism. So actually the horse came first, the Uh shamanic work second, and then came another horse, another mare. The night I completed that course, I couldn't go to sleep. And it, RASA came into my dreams, RASA came into my awake until I actually got up at five o'clock in the morning and wrote the application for the course and fell back asleep. Oh, That's well, just, so
0: people, just so people know, RASA was the mayor of Linda Kohanovs that kind of started all of this work. She was uh, a mystical creature. So she came to you in your dreams, and then you filled out an application after that, huh?
1: Right, and uh, (laughs) became an approved instructor, and I think I was part of your group when you you came in a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that the two meshed, and I was supposed to do both. Hmm. And so what was it that you found? I'm
0: calling this Horse Wisdom as uh, all of the, the beautiful and amazing experiences we have, I am refer- referring to it, and a lot of people do, as horse wisdom. And so what was it in your experiences with horses that let
1: you know that the two of them would work together? Let's put an asterisk in a pause here because I'd like to just define shamanism a little bit for people who don't know what it is. Thank you. Um, It's a path of knowledge. And it's a process of seeing with your heart for the purpose of accessing spiritual guidance and healing and information. And that's exactly what the horses do. Precisely. Mm -hmm. Can you just say this again? I I just want to hear it again. Sure. It's a. It's, it's a path of knowledge and a way of sealing, seeing with the heart for the purpose of accessing spiritual guidance, healing, and information. It's sort of horsey. Exactly. It teaches <laughs> that everything that exists is alive, including the rocks in this fireplace. Mm-hmm. Everything has a spirit and that we are spiritually interconnected. And mm-hmm. I got that when Sunshine touched my heart as she was winning the world. She said directly to me with no words, oh, you want me to show you what I can do? And went on to create a perfect performance. It was amazing. It was just amazing. So from the very beginning, the two were together for me because horses can access, they can walk between the worlds of non-ordinary reality and reality as we speak in about shamanism fluidly. And go ahead. I, I would love
0: to hear more about that because I've had some of the other uh, guests have talked about uh, this space between mm-hmm. reality and uh, anything else is something that the horses can easily navigate and live in. So in shamanism, uh, tell us, how they describe that space and and how the horses can be there and how they are when they are there.
1: Well, you can think of it as um, ordinary reality and non-ordinary reality, and there's a gap between them that has to be traversed. The horses don't even notice the gap, but they need to show us the gap so that we can access these spiritual realms not readily available. Why aren't they available? Because we have all these filters and shields from life experiences that cloud it for us. In shamanism, as in good writing, the goal is to be the clean empty vessel for spirit or the hollow bone. And once you're the hollow bone or the clean empty vessel, the information that can come in. And what the horses do is pave the way for doing. Does that help? Yes,
0: yes. Uh, I I think I want you to say something more about non-ordinary
1: reality. Non-ordinary reality is the, uh, well, we think of it in shamanism as the world tree. There's an upper world, a lower world, and a middle world. The upper world is Typically symbolized by the branches and leaves of a tree, the the uh, trunk is the non ordinary reality equivalent of where we are right now. The roots are the lower world. This is a space some people call it a fourth dimension or another dimension that we can access at will if we know that it's there. Mm -hmm. And it is where time is irrelevant. Yesterday and tomorrow and today are all the same. We can access every event that ever happened and meet every person or um, entity that has ever lived in this space. You have to do so through the main word, which is intent. You intend to put yourself into a theta state. That's a brainwave state. Typically in shamanism, it's through the percussion of the drum. You can also achieve it in riding. You can achieve it in dancing. The Sufi dancers are an example of that. It removes you from the here and now into a magical space where, as I said, information and healing are available.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask. First of all, you said riding as in uh, on, on a horse, right? On a horse, yes. I would think that that harkens back to, all so many ancient cultures where the horse played such an important
1: role. Well, actually, the shaman rides the drum as if it were his horse to non-ordinary reality. So when I drum, I'm on horseback going to that place. Oh, that's so
0: beautiful.
1: And this came most commonly, The word shaman comes from the Tongas tribe in Siberia. And what it really means is riding the drum as the horse into non-ordinary reality, this theta state. So the horse,
0: in terms of uh, the role it's played in the evolution of man, has been a
1: has been a conduit a catalyst a catalyst yeah okay. catalyst and conduit both horses okay. can affect change if you allow them and that's why making a heart connection don't mean to jump ahead here but making a heart connection with a horse is so magical in effect what you're doing is putting yourself into a place where nothing else can interfere now You can't necessarily stay there because we are in ordinary reality and we hear sounds and people and so forth. But the ability to do that with practice puts you into non-ordinary reality. And so for example, let me give you an example. Um, One of the more difficult things I did last week was saying goodbye briefly to my husband's 34 and a half year old horse who gets to remain with the property I just sold. I can travel to him and do on a daily basis by going to non-ordinary reality, the middle world and see how he's doing mm. through journey work. So shamanism
0: is about stepping, into, stepping beyond what we see every day into the fullness of everything that is there.
1: Yes, I like to think of it as a state of eternal grace. Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to keep, I know that some of you who are listening and watching are very familiar with shamanic work. And for those of us who are either newbies or don't know anything at all, I keep, trying to reiterate different ways of talking about it and so this is great Eve that you know I'll, I'll probably ask several times all right so how does this fit with that and what does this mean and so the horse is for you how you said they they will transform us if we let them is that what I heard you say
1: yes exactly well, and since this we is can put trend, up barriers and we do put up barriers
0: Go ahead so since this is transforming and thriving through horse wisdom so let's talk about that and you started too and then i cut you off so uh we put up barriers so here we are with the horses who have the potential and i think this is the horse wisdom aspect of it the potential to help us transform where we are and to as you said eternal grace into to uh, all that we are. And so what happens with us humans, even though we have that incredible potential in front of us?
1: Well, the problem is that we need to be in the here and now, the present moment. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what's happened to us in the past, our life experiences and our expectations of the present moment and going forward often stand in the way of our ability to be fully present Mm -hmm. and allow the horse to connect with us or us to connect with the horse. So nothing can happen unless you're in the present state. That's in my experience. Yes. Mm. You know, if I'm thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner or the session I'm going to have later today, while I'm standing in front of a horse, he's going to continue grazing. He's not even going to look at me. Right. Mm That's the way it is. But if I make a heart connection with him, he will come right over, maybe physically, at least spiritually, and say, oh, what's going on with you? How can I help? Hmm. Yeah, so this is an interesting uh,
0: concept for me, and I'm sure someone else is thinking this as well, is that, okay, so we have to be in our, Present state, fully aware before we can go anywhere else. So what does the present state- Awareness is the key. Yeah. What is that connection, this present state, to going into the non-ordinary reality? Do we keep the present state, or what happens
1: to that? The present state remains as is, and that's where the connection is made. And once the connection is made, you travel to non-ordinary reality, as I discussed before, to the theta state. You do it by intent. Your intent would be to travel through shamanic journeying or some other method in order to access the information and and for healing and divination. Okay, so I think I'm getting this now.
0: Thank you for my slowness. (laughs) So, if we are with horses and oh, we're not slow, <laughs> if we're with horses and we can be in that present state and we're next to them and the potential for transformation is there, that horse wisdom of uh, connecting, first of all, of teaching us how to be in the present state by they simply yes. we can just watch them and uh, then joining them in that present state allows any kind of transformation from any kind of travel. It's the only place that allows anything
1: is what I'm hearing. Yes, and Mm -hmm. we always talk about it in the horse work, as you know, as congruency. Mm -hmm. When you are in touch with and in tune with the outside of you in the same way that what's going on with the inside of you, the horse will connect with you. Mm -hmm. And that's for me what horse wisdom is. They travel easily between the worlds and don't think twice about being an ordinary reality versus non-ordinary reality. There is no difference to them. To them, they experience the gap and pass through it. Can you give us a, a
0: an example of an experience that you have had or you have guided others through where the horses were passing through this? gap
1: and brought the human along with them well i really just did when i told you about sunshine and winning the world that's the perfect example you know in in the um in other examples of journey work with horses we can sit in the aisle of a barn and have three or four or half a dozen horses heads hanging out beating the drum. And if you can be in the present moment and allow the sound of the drum, the percussion, to move you out of your thinking, out of your head, into your heart, each one of those horses will connect with you and give you information that otherwise would not be available. And that's one of the ways of doing it. You, of course, can do it in the round pen. You can do it in grooming but doing it with the shamanic method of percussion that helps us, that the horses don't need in effect, to cross that gap. It allows us to leave behind the thinking. I always teach, take the key out of the ignition of your mind, Mm -hmm. you don't need it right now, and allow yourself to move into your heart space. Or another one that I've come to more recently, is allow your brain to melt into your heart. And when you allow that brain to melt into your heart space, you become one with the horse. You can actually walk into the horse and become one with it. And that's one of the most fascinating, beautiful experiences to witness in the work that I do. Someone being able to do that.
0: I have done a couple of journeys where I became one with the horse and it was just exquisite to, to um, I mean, my experience is my own, you know, everyone's is going to be theirs. But I, when I first started doing, I learned about the horses, and then we did a couple things out at Linda Kohanov's place. And then, of course, I've been in your mentorship. And uh, it, it really is, um, in terms of taking it out in the world, going through the experience because it requires that we be present and uh, journeying on certain situations or things that I need more information other than what my brain is telling me. (laughs) I need another perspective or two to be able to be guided by the universe, if you will, rather than what what I just think. This is... uh, and then, of course, I can address it in a different way in that is uh, helpful, healing, um, making sure I flow through it. Uh, so the horse wisdom that I see here is that connection, that ability to connect with our hearts. And there's that huge trust and um, that trust of just going there and allowing whatever wants to come in. So I'm interested in that allowing what wants to come in. And say the drumming. What what are these? I know you said the drumming, you said something about the theta state and the percuss the percussion. Yes. So tell us more about that. What is the theta state, first of all, so that people actually it's know. a
1: brainwave state that allows you to be You know, it's it's not a sleeping state, but it's a state that allows everything else to disappear. And you said the key word. I was just going to bring it up. This does not happen without trust. If you're in fear, you really have to surrender to what is. Be naked, vulnerable, empty, and in the unknown. Naked with nothing to hide. Empty with nothing to lose. Vulnerable with nothing to defend. What's my other one? empty, whatever. I'll pick it up. Um, Oh, in the fear and being in the unknown with nothing to fear. And it's really hard to find that place of surrender in the round pen or in journey work because we don't want to let go. We're way too used to fix managing and controlling everything. Mm -hmm. And it requires trust and a complete letting go before it happens. So the, the, um, percussive drumming state is what allows the brain to relax, if you will, into this rhythm that allows it to stop working is the way that I like to think of it. Oh, I love that. Okay. Hmm. And so, go ahead. I was going to say, what I have found over the years and what I teach is that those who really are interested in doing this need to develop a daily practice of some kind, of being in touch with the horses, whether you're in touch with horses physically mm-hmm. and making heart connections with them, or you're doing meditation or journey work. Uh, I start the day every single morning with Ra, the sun god, and sunshine, my mare, and I greet her with the Gayatri, you who are the source of all power, whose rays illuminate the world, illuminate also my heart, So. We, too, can do your work. And thus, I bring her into my day every single morning. I I may miss other things, but I don't miss that. Mm, And I call the horse ancestors in all the time to guide me. And if I'm not sure about a decision or what I need to do, or maybe I just need more strength and power, I can, in ordinary reality, once I've developed a relationship with them, I can call in, and they will come in and merge with me and provide the protection sometimes and the strength and power that I need. But it does require a commitment. It's like meeting a new friend. You might think of it that way. You're not going to trust that friend until you get to know them a little better with your deepest, darkest secrets. It's The same way with the horse ancestors. You're not going to believe this can happen until you practice it. And experience it, and receive the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And so, tell
0: us how we would uh, how we would recognize it.
1: It's a how you would... thing. <laughs> yes, it is, and that's why journey work makes a difference for me. If I am making a decision with my brain, I can't be sure that I'm not making an ego decision. If I am calling upon my Council of Elders, which is a series of, it's a number of helping spirits that I've developed relationships with over the years, headed by Sunshine, I know that whatever comes through them is trustworthy. I can count on it because of the relationship we've developed. So let's say that I have an inkling of what I want to do. I'll step back. Do a journey with the drum and set the intent to be shown what information I need to know about the decision or the choice facing me. And the information will come in. Sometimes it's literal and sometimes it is metaphorical. And I have to do a little more work and gain a little more understanding. And that tells me that perhaps they're recognizing that I have additional work to do on dropping my filters. Mm -hmm. And when I can drop my filters, the answer becomes clear. And so how that would show up with a horse,
0: uh, uh, my experience of this is that making that connection being, no, in order to make the connection to be fully, fully Mm -hmm. present. And if that connection is not so pure and however it's going to look or feel, it's because of these filters. It's because I'm not quite fully there in my heart in the present
1: yes and you're probably not there if, if that's the case because you need to change the lenses in your glasses
0: well that's another reason my horses are so incredible because they're more obvious yes. in the responses to us than uh than our brains <laughs> our brains are are uh yeah, they're very, very tricky. It's kind of like you're a Reiki master as well. So uh, I do a little Reiki on the horses and do energy work. And I prefer doing it on horses rather than humans because of their yes. immediate response. Yes. I, I don't have
1: to uh, interpret what they're, what they're feeling or what they're thinking. Exactly. And the horse ancestors, all the horses that ever lived or ever will live are available to us. They have the wisdom of the future, they have the wisdom of the past, and they don't distinguish amongst the past, present, or future, Mm -hmm. but in possessing this wisdom, they have the ability to pass it on to us if we set the intent to access it and be clear and clean, and if you're not clear and clean, they'll help you get that way. Right, right. One of the beautiful things they can do is to do that clearing for you.
0: And that is a, uh, like one of the things you told us would be an, a wonderful practice is to each morning call in the horse ancestors with the intent of listening to and uh, being fully open to them to hear or experience what they have to say uh, on, in a specific way exactly. or just in general.
1: Yeah, that's really beautiful. And, and what I've found is that that's not enough. I need gentle reminders throughout my day in the form of solid objects to remind me to stay in touch with the horse ancestors. It might be a picture, it might be a fetish, it might be a piece of jewelry that I wear. In my car, I have a beautiful braid of sunshine's mane with a piece of amethyst and a horseshoe uh, on it so that every time I get in the car, I ask her to surround it with white light and allow me and anyone in it to safely get to our destination because it's way too easy for me to fall off when I'm in ordinary reality thinking about real estate or moving or whatever else I might have to do. I I can't count on myself to stay in that state from the morning. Oh, Neither can I. And I find
0: uh, what happens is I often, uh, uh, I'll use the term, beat myself up for it, rather than oh, I remember this, I could go make this uh, fetish or I can do, I was just thinking about what you said about the braid because of, and having it in your car. There's just so many moment after moment after moment of opportunity for us to be reminded of this, this potential state, potential state of being an eternal grace or transforming into that Uh, transforming our lives into a place where we can step into it more often
1: and you will over time it gets easier and we do it more often Mm -hmm. and we cross that gap more easily through intent Mm -hmm. and what I found is that I want that state of grace I want that serenity more than I want the chaos of ordinary reality but to do that I have to create the opportunity for it and I have to set the intent to communicate effectively with my helping spirits, and primarily the horses.
0: Right. You've told me that so many times that I have to, even when I asked Eve to come and be one of the guests for the summit, and I kind of gave her an idea of what we were talking about and the goal of uh, more clearly articulating what horse wisdom is, and then how do we actually take that into the world within the area that uh, our guests are engaging in? this being shamanism with Eve. And do you remember what you said?
1: No, what did I tell you? Yes. It's
0: not just that. It's the, the tools to remember it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So that's what yes, we're talking. we have a shamanic toolkit. Yes, exactly.
0: And uh, so far we've heard about creating a practice in the morning, a ritual for you to... Uh, with the intention of reminding yourself so that you can connect each day in the morning with that energy of the horse ancestors. And uh, you said with your council of elders. And there might be some horse ancestors on that council. But the point is, whoever you want to develop your relationship with, your your helping spirits, your guides, you're, the horses. Is that true? If somebody says, how do I know? what i should call in what advice or well
1: the first key <laughs> yeah. as you know is to do the body scan i don't know if any of your earlier guests have covered that but doing a body scan using your whole body as a sensing device not just your brain mm-hmm. and asking for one single message at a time is what brings me to the now and what's needed mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm
1: just as you were asking right now, how do you know what you need? Well, I can't count on my brain because my ego's way too involved with that. But the rest of my body has messages for me. That's good. if I will, but take the time. See, I even forgot that just now. I mean, and you know how well I know that
0: <laughs> about the body skin. But yes, I do. So easy to forget. And think, okay, so I, I've got yes. a place, this ritual in the morning for whatever I need. Well, wait, we don't know what we need. We check in with ourselves, check in with our bodies, listen. And then that will trust that that your body is bringing up for you that which needs attention And then you can call in your guides, your horse ancestors. You said Gaya Yatri, which you gave me something. It's on my refrigerator over there. (laughs) So that I see it each morning when I make coffee. (laughs) Um, So that's one way. Uh, Others
1: are material objects. Did I hear you say? Reminders. Whatever works for you as a reminder, like that thing on the refrigerator. That's why I did it. But really, what it boils down to, if I were going to sum this up in one word, it would be awareness. Mm-hmm. We so often walk through ordinary reality blinded by everything that's going on around us and seeing nothing, nothing of ourselves and nothing that's really going on with the other person. Whereas if we can surrender to what is in the moment, and be naked, vulnerable, empty, and in the unknown, we're gonna know what we need or what the horse with us needs or my two doggy friends right here on the floor who are supporting me tremendously right now. But if my focus is outside of now, and I'm not aware of you, Lisa, like you and I have a beautiful heart connection going right now. It happened perhaps without intent because of our past relationship, but we could have created it. No, not our past relationship, our current relationship. Uh, we, we could have created it through intent, but that wouldn't happen if we didn't have awareness. Right. And if my body is hurting, which it is from moving, I'm not going to be very good at knowing what's going on unless I hit the pause button, do the body scan, and ask for that message by the way so that's another sent me a pause button
0: pause (laughs) (laughs) yes i did so i have these kind of reminders around me and that's great wow that is so much the awareness um yeah the awareness and of course courses That is so often been the theme, the thread throughout all of these interviews and conversations that I've been having in terms of horse wisdom. And that awareness, that stillness, that ability to be quiet is one of the first places that the rest of the horse wisdom comes from. But that is like the, the mother load of horse wisdom is that awareness where they exist all the time. Exactly. Well, Eve, this was so beautiful. I wanna thank you so much. I know for uh, those of you who want to uh, engage in the VIP all access pass, I wanna let you know, I'm gonna be hanging around with Eve for a little bit longer. We're gonna do another interview after this one. And I'm hoping I can talk her into taking us through a short journey so that we will have the experience of calling in the horse ancestors and know that you can have access to this once you click below on the vip all access pass and for those of you who have already joined us stay tuned so eve uh thanks for right now love you love you and i'll see you in a few minutes okay thank you bye Bye for now